0: Hi, I'm Tom Hansen.
1: And I'm Kat Hansen. In 2014, our son Harding was diagnosed with congenital heart disease. And since then, we have experienced the ups and downs that come along with being a CHD parent. In this podcast, we share some of the lessons we've learned along the way and the things we wish we knew at the start of our journey.
0: In each episode, we also chat with CHD experts to get their stories of hope, encouraging insights, and valuable resources to give parents like us the right help at the right time. This is the Hope and Courage Podcast. Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is a special episode in which Kat and I are going to tell more of our story, our personal story, and we're going to be talking about our experience with the Norwood mm-hmm. surgery.
1: That's right. Harding is about to turn eight, which means that the, it's been about eight years since we went through the Norwood
0: yeah, and he's doing great. Again, if he you is, looked at yeah. Harding today, you would not even probably guess that something's different about him. Um, but yeah, I went through that Norwood surgery eight years ago. He's about to turn eight, and we are in full-on birthday party planning mode.
1: That's right. I'm spending every spare second on Amazon just collecting birthday <laughs> we decorations. Are, we are going
0: all out presents on birthdays. yeah this past he's, two he's
1: got a surprise coming that he doesn't know about which will be fun it's, it's a spider-man birthday he's yes really into spider-man right now
0: very into spider-man yeah we just and we just had audrey's birthday a couple months ago and that was a party animal theme and we brought in a, a petting zoo uh, maybe i think it's just because we're when we're recording this we're kind of coming out of the pandemic covid mm-hmm. stuff and uh so we, we
1: weren't able to do anything for their birthdays over the last two years so we've like <laughs> been saving it all up
0: yeah it's like we've got all this like pent up energy and planning uh cat is in the driveway shooting off roman candles <laughs> running around you got streamers taped to your body and you just right. roll, at run all around, times at all times yeah. just all in but my concern is though that i think we're setting a really dangerous precedent
1: oh for sure yeah um, this kids are good our kids are gonna <laughs> this believe time that... next year we are gonna be in big trouble
0: <laughs> they're gonna believe that this is what happens every birthday right and we're just, and it's gonna be impossible to top. I, I mean, one of them will have to be like skydiving or something.
1: <laughs> That's the thing about living in the moment, you know. You just you ignore the future. Yeah, we're like
0: <laughs> exactly right.
1: <laughs> kind of an
0: interesting tie-in to what we're talking about today. Right. Okay. No, I mean we're planning a Spider-Man party. I mean we're we're getting like it has to be the right imitation. It has to have the right Spider-Man costume on. Uh, you know, we we like Kat said, the special surprise we're bringing in. Someone in a Spider-Man suit. We've got to say that quietly, just in case hiding. Uh The kids are always listening. They're uh, always listening. <laughs> always listening. There is always a, a small face pressed under the a door in, in that crack. And you're right. always going to be looking for that. But uh, yeah, and Kat is actually doing some genetic research on radioactive spiders. <laughs> like, I mean, it, uh, it his, can't be that impossible.
1: I mean, his prayer every night... <laughs> recently has been asking for spider-man powers yeah man we've got to figure out a way to make it happen but yeah so in this uh (laughs) oh my gosh
2: uh
0: yeah let's let's record another podcast in a year and see how much we have set ourselves up for failure there but but hey we're gonna we're gonna have an awesome party right now (laughs) uh but anyway so we're gonna be talking about our experience with the norwood and specifically uh you know we're gonna be talking about Um, what happened, you know, our experience with it, how we processed it, what we learned during it, uh, but really importantly, too, what we wish we knew when we were uh, back then. Right. um, So that we could maybe offer some of that insight to someone that might be having one of these coming up.
1: Yeah. And, you know, we're going to go over a little bit about things you can control, things you can't control, and just how important it is to be able to Notice which things are controllable and which ones are uncontrollable and how that benefits you on this journey with CHD.
0: Bring us up to speed in our last uh, podcast, which I guess go back and listen to the other uh, few where we kind of talk about learning about this, uh, the CHD during ultrasound and then Harding's birth. And so listen to those, but catch us up to where we are in our story.
1: Yeah. So we left off just kind of talking about me meeting Harding for the first time and Now in this stage of our story, I am recovering from my C-section and having to take care of a baby with, you know, medical needs and living in a hospital while you're recovering from major surgery is a challenge. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. You know, we were instructed that we would not be able to breastfeed Harding. So I was pumping around the clock and man, it was tough.
0: It was exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you don't really account for that. Like everything that happens in just, you know, Harding had a surgery at 10 days old. Well, that two weeks, you know, Mm -hmm. you kind of account for the few days before that. I mean, there's not a lot of rest. I mean, you're, you were, we were separated. We're coming back together. You're physically recovering. Mm -hmm. You were doing this uh, hilarious thing that you do every time our kids are born, which is like a super long induction that takes (laughs) forever. And oh, Pitocin. (laughs) You know, that you know, like give it to me for days and days, and nothing happens. Oh, Tom! Yeah, right. It's just this hilarious classic, classic cat prank.
1: <laughs> the worst prank ever. That uh, like
0: I will have all of side effects of pitocin except actually having a baby. Right. Yes. Yeah. I'll yeah. go through pain and suffering <laughs> and just sitting there for days.
1: Oh man. Every yeah. woman listening to this right now, Tom, is uh, might be giving you the finger. Oh, no, Please,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I. But it. But again, all that to be said, it is exhausting, particularly mm-hmm. for you, for a mom, and um, and uh, yeah. So, but, but you know, we got to be there, and I think the surprising thing for us, at least initially, was how um, uh, you know, there was a lot of calm and peace and joy in those days leading up to the surgery, which I think really caught us off guard.
2: Because mm-hmm. I
0: think we we were kind of in an emotional state where we thought those special moments with your baby that you imagine that you have or you've had with other kids will just be stripped away. But it, but they really aren't.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you still, even though you're going through something difficult, you still get to have these moments of, of joy. And you just kind of have to hold them both together, you know, at the same time, the, the difficulty and the joy. And, you know, we still got to, like, hold Harding while he was sleeping and give him bottles. And, you know, at that point, he's only got, like, a couple wires. And so it's easy to get him in and out of bed and to hold him and all of that. And, you know, this is the time leading up to his surgery that um, he got to meet Audrey or Audrey got to meet him. You know, it came down to the wire because we (laughs) we realized that, you know, Harding was about to have surgery and Audrey hadn't met him yet. So we were like, we got to, she's been with my parents the whole time. So I was like, guys, you got to bring her up here so she can at least meet Harding once. And in the CICU, they have strict, like, restrictions around who can be in the CICU. Um. So she was only able to come up for 30 minutes to see him Uh, the night before, the day before his surgery. And it was really sweet you know that was yeah. a sweet moment that we re- that we ended up getting and just seeing her be so excited to see him and to want to hold him and to want to give him a bottle or in a binky and to already see that like nurturing nature come out in her was just really sweet.
0: Yeah, and I think that was just one of the big lessons was yeah, I mean, CHD is no joke. There's a lot of hardship there. Mm-hmm. Um we have experienced it for sure, but just because there's hardship doesn't mean that there's no joy, right? Those things, you know, hardship doesn't just suck it all away. But I think it it feels like that as you're anticipating it Mm -hmm. coming. You know, when we got our CHD diagnosis, it just feels like all that stuff was taken away from you and that you're mourning the loss of normal and all those things that you, expectations that you have in your mind about what you're going to do with your baby. Man, sometimes they look differently, but man, they're still there's still so many really great moments and, you know, we really enjoyed and cherished that those ten days. Yeah. And and
1: to the point (laughs) we enjoyed it so much to the point that like when it was time for his surgery, we were like, does he really need it? Like (laughs) we just didn't want things to change because he looked good initially, you know, for that first week and and we were having so many of those sweet moments but you know his health slowly started deterior- deteriorating. Is that how you say it?
0: Yeah, <laughs> but not in a like a visible way. They the way they put so you know Harding's born, he's there, and they pretty much just told us he'll tell us when he's ready for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're obviously checking him every day, and he was hooked up to a monitor, which we didn't know it at the time, but we know now is a pulse ox mm-hmm. pulse oximeter just to kind of read the oxygen levels in his, his blood, and uh, which looked like a little a little red thing on his toe. Right. And so his like toe was always his toe or finger was always glowing like E.T. kind of thing. (laughs) Uh, It was you know, it was no discomfort at all. It was just a little little thing on him. But over the days, you know, the machines would beep a little more and Mm -hmm. they check a little more closely at things. And, um, you know, at the end of those 10 days, they they just told us he was he was ready. His body's telling us that he's ready and um, trying to make sure that they Gave us some good time without putting him in any danger.
1: Right. And, you know, the the staff were so supportive during that time leading up to his surgery and just making sure we had everything we needed, making sure that we could achieve the things we wanted to achieve with the time that we had, you know. So while I'm pumping around the clock, they're making sure I've got a, a pump machine. They're making sure that my breast milk is being stored. And every doctor that would come in and every nurse that would come in were always so kind and gracious to us and patient and understanding. And also just really good at communicating what was going on. You know, I think that's part of the CHD journey that can be kind of jolting for parents is like, oh, now I have to learn medicine. I have to learn the anatomy of a heart. I have to learn all the things that come along with CHD. And it makes a big difference when you have medical staff that is willing to explain it to you over and over again it's until you get it and to field all your questions. And I'm just, we're so thankful for the Cincinnati Children's staff and, and how helpful they've always been in this.
0: Yeah, and, you know, if you're listening to this and if you're at all intimidated by all the medical jargon and all the things, it's like, you learn it. Yeah. You know, it's not... Yeah, I guess I was gonna say it's not like rocket science or heart surgery, it but is. it is. But it it's is exactly. exactly it's that. exactly like that. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but guess what? Humans learn rocket science. You know, and you're gonna be one of those. You, you know, you learn enough, and it, and it's in over time you're speaking the lingo and you just pick mm-hmm. it up. But yeah, at first it, it's intimidating. We've been there, and mm-hmm. um, but you just you're just there, and there's a lot of supportive people, and I think that was the uh, the other thing about being in the hospital is, yeah, it's uncomfortable. You're sleeping on the little bed thing and eating the hospital food, which at Cincinnati Children's they had like Rosa's, which was pretty good. Legit, you know, so it was pretty good. (laughs) I've eaten it so many times I will never be able to eat it again. Right. But at the time I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. But the CICU, you know, if you're thinking like, what was it like to be in there that long? Well, you know, for us it was really comforting you know for sure there's times when you just want to be with your baby and you're yeah. like hey just back off
1: give us some and time. you can yeah. communicate
0: that in a you know kind way right <laughs> um but most of the time though because you're just anyone that is there to help your kid or to keep your kid safe you're just like bring it in come on come in. on in you know like <laughs> we're in this glass wall so in the cicu at, at cinchette children's it's like glass walls so everyone can see everything mm-hmm. um but Uh, You know, I was almost like these walls are these glass walls are a little too much. I mean, just knowing that I had someone staged, you know, at the station looking at the monitors, we had someone sitting right outside. Mm -hmm. People were in constantly. You know, uh, for me, it was just like, yeah, like I looked at all of that as just resources to keep my kids safe, and I just felt a lot of comfort. Yeah, you know, it they were you know, and it's a time when you can not offer a quick nap and know that your kid's safe and you mm-hmm. can jump down to the cafeteria for for a minute and grab some food and get some fresh air, you know, and mm-hmm. not have to hover knowing that your kid is in good hands and there's lots of really trained people watching over them. It's just so for us, for sure, there's definitely times when we were like wanting a little space, but early on it was like no space is fine. Yeah. Totally fine. Yeah.
1: Um, and, and you get to know these nurses and doctors to the point where you're, you're like, oh, it's, you know, Stacy, she's my favorite nurse. I'm so glad she's here. And, you know, you develop a rapport with them or there was a doctor that you fell in love with and you got excited every single time he came to the door.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, it's like, I don't know
1: if we can say his name right now, but it's, uh, (laughs) it was really funny.
0: (laughs) It was a really special time in my life. No, I mean, I I will, I have no shame in saying this, Uh, but you know, it's again, you, you kind of, you you know, it's like as a parent of older kids, it's like the way I feel when my kid comes home and, you know, an outside person out, someone outside the house was kind or helpful or taught or kids something, Mm -hmm. they kind of become a hero to you. And you're just like, oh my gosh, you know, like great example. You know, Audrey is a thumb sucker.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: mean, we, she came out of, out of the womb
1: oh, with yeah. a, with
0: her fingers in her mouth sucking so loud you she, could hear across the room.
1: Our pictures are, you know how you can get like ultrasound pictures or 3D pictures? Her pictures were her like sucking on her hand or sucking on her thumb.
0: And so as she got older, yeah. we did everything to get her to stop. Yeah. We did it all. We, we showed her the Daniel Tiger videos. We talked <laughs> about it, talked about it, talked about it. We did the th- the thumbnail polish, we did the rewards, mm-hmm. we did the punishments, like we're going to take something away if you don't, and would, nothing worked. Yeah. Literally, she would suck that nail polish right off, that yep. like that really nasty sour stuff that you put on there, yeah. and she just keep sucking the thumb. Mm-hmm. And then one day, we go to the dentist, and the dentist looks at her mouth, and then comes out and goes, do you suck your thumb? And she's like, yeah. And he goes, well, if you keep sucking your thumb, it's going to damage your teeth. She never sucked her thumb one time after that. Hasn't done it since. Literally immediate change. And we had spent over a year
1: trying to get her to stop. I think in kindergarten this happened or something, or first grade, something like that. And we were both just shocked. I know. That's all it took?
0: I mean, (laughs) I am like, can I hire you, dentist? I want to hire that dentist to come in and go, if you don't clean your room, it's going to damage your teeth. (laughs) Just like any, I mean, I was just like, oh my gosh, yeah. you know, anything that's helping you yeah. is just so great. And it, I mean, and just so, so take that feeling, yeah. times it by a hundred for a surgeon, a doctor, a nurse, just yeah. anyone that is like going to keep your child safe and, and alive, yeah, you, yeah, And you hero worship.
1: Yep,
2: I oh, did, yeah. and
0: I and I did. I was like, do you guys have trading cards? Because <laughs> I would collect them. I would totally collect them. <laughs> They give you, like, at chose Children, they give you, like, pillows from the sign. And I was just like, oh, I got to get this person's autograph and that person's autograph. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm totally in on it. I'm yeah. in the fan club. No, I
1: mean, you know what? I can't judge you because I, my sister, who was helping us a lot at the time, we would bring in, like, gifts for the nurses we were constantly bringing in like chocolates or food or press you know just like little things that we could constantly like give to them and i think in my sister's mind she was like it's gonna get you better care
0: yeah which is
1: (laughs) which is not true for
0: me it was just coming out of like
1: it was unabashed love of like
0: you know oh my gosh i just do you want to go camping i mean do you want (laughs) to hang out like when
1: this is all over you want to yeah go down to jeff ruby's yeah absolutely
0: yeah let's just (laughs) let's just put on some pearl jam and just really listen to it. you know what do
2: you think come
0: on um
1: oh my god and
0: so okay so we're 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 hero worshiping all the people Mm -hmm. and watching them out the windows and kind of getting the feel of everything Mm -hmm. and then in walks the our the, surgeon. Our surgeon, yeah. Which we are giving him the name Dr. Hartman. Yes. See what we did there?
1: That's, yeah. Names change for privacy purposes.
0: Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and so, so I I guess I can't show you that back tattoo of his name.
1: <laughs> on your back? On my back. <laughs> wow. I did not know that existed. I
0: just want him. I always feel like he's got my back. All right. <laughs> so. Wow, Tom. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. We call him, we're gonna, for the purposes of this, we'll call him Dr. Hartman.
1: Right. Uh, but he is a is a pediatric
0: a pediatric cardiac surgeon he performed all three of harding's uh, surgeries open heart surgeries.
1: right and so we had actually met him and i guess it's normal practice you meet the surgeon before you know the child's actually born so we had already gotten a sense of like who he was and even during that meeting there's a kind of a funny story out of that first meeting we had with him you know he's He's, you know, very matter of fact and as most surgeons can be. And and then uh, I think, didn't you ask a question? Well, what if something goes wrong or was it, wasn't it something like that?
0: I don't know. I think he just made this statement. Or did statement. he offer this I statement. think he just offered this statement oh, okay. unprompted. Yeah. So he looks at us straight in the face and just goes.
1: If there's a mistake, it won't be because of me because yeah. I don't make mistakes. That's what he said.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Which, I mean, I was like...
1: In normal life, if you encountered a human like that at the grocery store, you'd be totally turned off, right? You'd be like, okay, Mr., you know, Yeah, la da Yeah.
0: Yeah, in my uh, last uh, performance evaluation at work, I said that if there's a mistake made here, (laughs) it will be someone else because I don't make mistakes. Yeah,
1: like, if you said that uh, anywhere else... I
0: lost my job, actually, uh after that. No, I'm we're kidding. gonna have to talk about that. But, after. <laughs> That's got major implications. <laughs> I was waiting for the podcast to tell you, but no, my well, I did, I didn't wow. lose my job. But you get what my point is? It's like yeah. you couldn't say that in any other context.
1: But hearing that from the person who's gonna be operating on your child, you're like, oh, dang. Yeah, this is exactly who I want. I want the guy who doesn't make mistakes. You know? Yeah,
0: absolutely, definitely playing to his audience of just like yeah the uh, the parents wrestling with uncertainty and
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, yeah, and I mean it was weird how he was he was uh, a celebrity mm-hmm. in the hospital. I mean, yeah. people talked about Doctor Hartman as we call him, um, and they'd be like like he was a professional athlete. He's like, yeah. oh, doctor, and they were just like, oh my gosh, Doctor Hartman's amazing. He's amazing. Yeah, and then they would be like. You know, we got him from Texas. You know, it's like mm-hmm. they, they traded him in some multi-million dollar deal. <laughs>
1: we just watched the NFL draft. We watched the draft. I'm sorry. I watched the draft all three days of it.
0: <laughs> I I tried to tell you, no one actually watches this. <laughs> and you're like, it wouldn't be on if people didn't watch
1: it. <laughs> oh, uh, we got some, we got, the Bengals got some good picks. I'm happy with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoy watching football games. Mm-hmm. Like if someone, if they're playing, I find that entertaining. Anything else, I I cannot, I'm not entertained by it at all.
1: Yeah, that, uh, the short story behind the football obsession for me is that during the pandemic, I was looking for things to comfort myself. And having grown up in a football household where my brother was playing it, my dad used to play it, and it was on all the time, it became this like comfort mechanism during the pandemic for me, l- listening to football and watching it. And so that happened to be the same year Joe Burrow joined the team, and I've been sold out ever since.
0: That's right, patron saint of Cincinnati, Joe yes, Burrow. Yes, exactly. Uh, may he live long and his knees prosper. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we meet Dr. Hartman. Uh, you know, he's like a celebrity athlete, and you know, mm-hmm. he he basically he he's wearing these this like pristine pressed white coat Mm -hmm. and he's got like a gold watch and Mm -hmm. it's like I just remember looking at his hands they're perfectly manicured Mm -hmm. and I was like the guy who's operating on infant hearts the size of strawberries I'm just imagining like he's probably not like you know hastily opening bags of food with scissors I mean (laughs) like this guy like he's probably his hands are just have to be I mean, his hands are worth millions of dollars, right? right? I'm just like, oh my gosh, those yeah. hands, right? And so, uh, you know, he he's just like so collected and, you know, manicured and everything is proper and pristine. He just kind of, he kind of floats through the CICU and every day.
1: Always groupies, like his, like, his, his supporting staff are just like scurrying
0: around him, him. Yeah. all the time and. Um, and so, you know, he meets us and we see him every day before surgery. He does like a, a day long surgery every day, Yeah. every day. He does a day long open heart surgery on a child, which yeah. is crazy. And then
1: he goes and visits his patients yeah. afterwards. And so, so he would come in every day and check on Harding.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it would just be like, quick, he'd look at all the monitors, look at him, you know, you can just tell, I'm just imagining he's just like visualizing the human anatomy within him you know it's yeah. crazy and
1: beautiful so, mind like all the math equations going through his head and, yeah. yeah once
0: i even just threw a bunch of toothpicks on the ground just to see what would happen <laughs> <laughs> he it just kind of annoyed him and like I, sort of, me. I just i had to clean them all up <laughs> uh but anyway so the days kind of tick by, the alarms go off more and more, and then we finally get our surgery date, mm-hmm. and we had to do what we've kind of have done several times, and is never easy for any parent, is yeah. kind of hand them off for surgery. Right. Which is just... That's
1: always the hardest part.
0: Yeah, it doesn't get easier. No. No, it's like, you know, every time it's it's uniquely difficult, um, especially as your child Gets older, maybe is a little more aware, even when they're just like a little helpless baby just cuddled and swaddled in this nice little warm bed just to Mm -hmm. think that you're giving them up to to get the surgery is just really challenging.
1: And you're placing a lot of trust in people who you hope are going to do their job well, you know, (laughs) like, and you just don't, it's completely out of your control. Yeah. You can't control what happens after you hand them off. Yeah, absolutely. you know, terrifying.
0: And that's a great segue, I think, to the biggest lesson, which is like for us, it was just separating the controllables, the things that we can control and the things that we can't. We can't, you know, one, CHD, you know, that's one of the biggest things that I think that we struggle with, other CHD parents struggle with is, is uh, that it's somehow our fault. Oh, I should have eaten more vegetables. I shouldn't have had that. I should have done this. I should have. And it's like. It is the most common birth defect. Yeah, one in a hundred kids
2: mm-hmm. are
0: born with it, and so it it just happens, and it's not your fault. That's not a controllable. Yeah, and letting go of that, surrendering that is really important. But other ones are, yeah, uh, you know, the surgery, the surgeon, the all those things that you're not in the room. It's not on you worrying and beating yourself up and agonizing over it. Doesn't make it any better mm-hmm. doesn't make it you have no control and so it's another thing to surrender surrender but one thing that you do have control over and this is something that I think really helped us is have a plan for that day mm-hmm. you know it's going to be a day-long surgery so you know who do you want with you I think for us it was we had specific people that we wanted we have specific people that we really didn't want there and that's mm-hmm. okay there's not a lot happening in the first hour It's just prep and so you can maybe at that first as soon as they hand off, I think we always would go down to the cafeteria and just get a big breakfast. I mean, we'd, yeah. we get like,
1: I mean, they're just putting him under anesthesia at that point. So no surgery is actually happening yet. So we're like, okay, we're going to go stuff our faces and come back.
0: Yeah. And it was just like, I would get the biscuits and gravy and yeah. pancakes and muffins and coffee. And for us, it was kind of, it was almost symbolic. It was just mm-hmm. like, we're, we're actually like, living out the, the reality that we have no control here. Yeah. And so therefore we're going to allow ourselves to walk down the cafeteria and eat and keep our phones on us, you know, but we don't have like us sitting there in the room, you know, chewing on our fingernails isn't yeah. going to impact one thing in that surgery room.
1: What you can control is how you take care of yourself okay. during that time. Yeah. That's, that's what you can control. You can control your state of mind you know, you can control what you're going to do during that time. Like you can control so many things about yourself that makes it a more bearable existence during that time. That's not to say that like, well, I can just make my fear go away or I can just like make my stress go away or anything like that. But like... I can manage it. I can take a walk around the, around the floor a few times. You know, I can call a friend and talk to them about how stressed I'm feeling. I can eat or drink something that I know that's good for me. That's going to make me feel good afterwards. You know, it's those kind of things that I'm talking about.
0: Yeah. And you know, we prayed and prayed and prayed and, you know, and that like our prayers and is, but are something we can control. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, we gave it up to God, you know, it's like, You know, I thought we had a great podcast with Jenny Muscatel Mm -hmm. and go back and listen to it. She's a CHD parent. Her uh, child is is, is in the adult years now. But, um, you know, one of the I think one of the best things that we talked about in that podcast was just that CHD brings to light or brings, I guess, to the surface things that are true for every human. But Mm -hmm. I think every human has more of an ability to be in denial or to ignore them. Right. Like one of them is that our days are numbered mean,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, that's true for every single person. Yeah. But you know, and, and the other one is like, you got to live for today, make mm-hmm. the most of today. And we don't know what the future holds. So we're going to make the most of today. And, you know, and I, I think that's something that we've got to deal with on a daily basis, but gosh, that's true of everybody. You yeah. know, just the other day, you, you called a friend mm-hmm. because you're like, you know what? I'm thinking of this friend from high school and I haven't talked in a while. And I don't know what the future brings, so I want to make sure that nothing goes unsaid and I get an opportunity to tell her how much she meant to me. Yeah. You know, that that's like, that's a great lesson that I think most people don't know and don't live by, but as CHD parents, we, we kind of have to.
1: It's a it's an inescapable reality in our lives.
0: Yeah, and the other thing is, you know, when we were going through COVID, we actually uh, got one of these charts and put it on the wall yeah. of like, what are some things that we can control what things we can't we can't control politics we can't control you know other people we can't control the choices that they make we can't you know but what we can control is like our stress level and what we do to relax and our own cleanliness or whatever it is right right? it's like like again a lesson that a lot of people are wrestling with anxiety and depression around uh society now but it but the idea of Surrendering things that we can't control and just letting them go, and just focusing on the things that we can control to bring us peace and confidence, yeah, is what we had to learn, and most people should learn that.
1: Yeah, the the exercise Tom's referring to here, this you know chart we had on our wall was just—it's really simple. (laughs) It's just a piece of paper with a a big circle in the middle. Outside the circle. In the space outside the circle, you list the things that are out of your control, things you don't have any control over, the result of your kid's surgery, how many days your kid has, you know, stuff like that. And then inside the circle, you write the things you can control. I can control how I manage my stress. I can control making sure my kid gets their medicine every day. I can control...
0: Having a joyful moment.
1: Having a joy... Yeah, like those kind of things. It's a, it's a really simple exercise, but it's so great to visually like write that stuff down and put it somewhere where you can just remind yourself every day. Okay. I can't control this, but I can't control this. And it brings a certain stability to it all.
0: Yeah. We had to learn that and wrestle through that. And, but it was, I mean, to kind of go back, it was really hard to, to do the initial handoff and we had a really special moment that really helped us and just really inspired us in a lot of ways. So we're in that moment, we're sitting in that CIC room, Harding's in this little uh, bassinet uh, hospital crib thing with wheels. And we're there kind of saying our last moments, kind of that we don't say goodbyes, we say see you soons, right? And so we're kind of saying our see you soons and just, you know, crying and 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 just trying to work up the courage just to kind of say like, okay, we're ready. And then uh, one of the doctors came up and just said, Hey, I would really love to show you something. And he pulled out his phone and we didn't know what to expect. Um, but mm-hmm. when he pulled out his phone, he showed us this picture and it's, uh, on his phone was this picture of a little baby sitting in a high chair and the baby's got no, it has got no shirt on and he's got this chocolate cake, little chocolate cake sitting on his tray in his high chair in front of him. And it's just a mess. I mean, this mm-hmm. kid had just got in it and tore it to shreds he's got chocolate all over his face all over his hands and body it's all over the high chair and uh he's got a huge smile on his face
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh i'm just kind of looking at it it's, you know it's a good picture but i'm almost like why? what why are you showing <laughs> me this right now yeah and he looks at me and he just says uh this is my son uh this is his first birthday a picture of his first birthday and he had the same surgery your son's about to have
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it was, I was- a- just floored
1: yeah Yeah. really powerful moment
0: and it really helped us go okay all right it it gave us the hope and courage that we needed right and it's so funny you know we we uh i I know we've talked about this but uh we did write a book and Mm -hmm. telling our story called hope and courage and the inspiration though i think from that book was really you know one there being a lack of resources and positive stories out there um, around chd specifically single ventricle uh, chd but you know that picture giving us hope giving us courage to make that step it changed everything for us and Mm -hmm. i think for us you know when we think about what we want to do what mark do we want to leave on the world or anything like that it's like we want to do everything we can specifically for chd parents Mm -hmm. to do exactly what that picture did for us yeah and we hope that this podcast and our hope is the book it's coming out uh we worked really hard on it we're really proud of it and we hope that it would be also a uh some hope and courage like a picture of a baby with chocolate cake all over them for all the parents out there right so yeah you could see some uh you'll see some announcements and stuff like that but when it comes out we just really encourage you to check it out and definitely share it with other parents
1: yeah you can go to our website right now tomacathanson.com and sign up to be notified when our book comes out but yeah, after, after we saw that picture, we really felt a lot of peace. And we set our see you soons and handed him to the nurse. And then just began the, what was it, 12-hour wait? Yeah. I mean, the Norwood is an extremely long surgery.
0: Yeah, it is very, very invasive. I think it's
1: so. 10 to 12 hours is what they tell you to expect.
0: Yeah, we got... I mean, we're. it's such a long surgery that they give you a special room uh, at Cincinnati Children's. So there's the general waiting room for surgeries, but they give us the one room. It has two doors in it, and it's got probably 10 seats in it. Uh, TV. Yeah, TV. Yeah. Like, one door goes out to the main waiting room. One door is specifically for doctors and nurses to come in and give you updates. Mm-hmm. But you get to kind of be a, a little more private, and it was an intimate... It
1: was very nice. It was nice, yeah. And yeah. we had our parents there, our siblings were there. Um, and really, we're just trying to distract ourselves a little bit. You know, like yeah. we were praying a lot, and obviously our thoughts were a lot about Harding, but it was nice to just have people there who were just there to keep you company and keep you from going insane, you know, while yeah. you waited.
0: Yeah, and then, you know, what would typically happen is you know, Dr. Hartman's uh, nurse would either come in or give us a call mm-hmm. basically every hour um, just to say, you know, and they always did it the same way, which I appreciated. It's like, it's almost like we still make phone calls like this. Yeah. where like the to first thing. We, yeah. That's <laughs> the first thing we say is like, hey, everything's fine. I just wanted to you know, like, yeah. hey, Harding's okay. And here's what's going on. Right. Hey, Harding's doing great. Here's what's going on. Hey, yeah. Harding, you know, because it's like, as soon as they answer the phone, and we still do that. Yeah. If I get a call at work from Kat, she's like, everything's okay. Just wanted to say this. Or if yeah. you call and I don't answer. and mm-hmm. I yes, have to uh,
1: send him a text letting him know that it's not an emergency. Not an emergency. Okay. <laughs> call me Because I
0: mean, it's like almost like we have that knee jerk reaction to know like what's going on. Why are you calling? Yeah. Uh, but we'd get those updates throughout the day. Mm -hmm. 12 hours, you know, just basically that kind of rhythm going through the surgery. We get the surgery, we get the call Mm -hmm. that Dr. Hartman, the surgeon had finished his work and he was ready to see us to kind of give us an update.
1: And at that point, did we go into a private room? No, he he came came into into that that room. room? Yeah.
0: And it was so, it's so crazy. I remember this to this day, you know, he was, I mean, 12 hours, I'm going through the logistics. Like, does this guy eat? Does he like, Get a bathroom break? Like, How do you do that? Right. And so, because imagine you're scrubbed in and all that stuff. And Mm -hmm. man, you know, I think back to where he was when we were in the CICU and he's, you know, pristine white coat and totally manicured and groomed and all these things. And he walks in after the surgery Mm -hmm. and he is just completely
1: spent. He looks like he just ran a marathon. Like he was completely, his scrubs were drenched in sweat. Yeah he put his like forearms on his knees and just kind of leaned forward and was talking to us that way. Like he was so exhausted. He couldn't even sit up straight. Yeah. His like <laughs> eyes were
0: half open and yeah, you know, he just, you know, very quick. He wasn't there long. I mean, yeah. we basically, he said, yeah, the surgery went as expected. There were no hiccups. There's no surprises. Mm-hmm. We did this, this, and this. And, um, you know, you'll obviously get a more detailed and, um, and we asked him a couple questions, basically like, when can we see him? And mm-hmm. and and they just kind of, you know, told us, uh, you know, I can't, you know, they'll, they'll give you those updates. I mean, he yeah. was just like, and we were just like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And he just waved it off like, ah, okay. Yeah. And just like left. <laughs> I mean, gosh, I mean, I can't imagine. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I can't guess. I'd really love to have a heart surgeon on here to. Talk yeah, to him. That would be great. Yeah, just to be like, yeah, are you just on your feet all day staring? Tell us
1: the mechanics. Yeah. Yeah, because it's it is very if, interesting. If any of you know a heart surgeon, or if you are a heart surgeon and you can recommend them to us, please reach out to us, because we would we would love to talk to one.
0: If we get Dr. Hartman, I can show him my tattoo.
1: <laughs> I don't think he wants to see that. Come on, this podcast. I don't think anyone wants <laughs> to see that, Tom. <laughs>
0: okay, it's just for me. Okay, so he tells us. The surgery, you know, and they give us some expectations. They say like, Mm -hmm. yeah, they're going to, you know, finish up the surgery and Harding's going to go back to the CICU and they're going to get him settled. Mm -hmm. And uh, they did tell us that it's pretty common practice that they're not going to like close the chest for a day or so uh, just because there's a lot of swelling. Mm -hmm. And so they want to like let that swelling go down but they do kind of attach like a yellow and it was for in harding's case kind of a yellow sheet over the site mm-hmm. so you can't see kind anything of
1: latex looks yeah like, yeah
0: kind of a plastic kind of but look but
1: you can well we'll go into that i guess when we sit, talk about how when what it was like when we saw them
0: yeah and they give us all those expectations and yeah. there's it was, it was really like a couple hours mm-hmm. i remember before we got the call that we could go up and yeah, we went right we up were to the CRC.
1: anxiously waiting, even yeah. more so than we were the 12 hours before.
0: Yeah, and it was like Harding before surgery. Uh, you know, he's swaddled for the most part in his little crib, people kind of popping in and out, just kind of checking on him. But we walk in there, there's probably eight people in his room. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I can't imagine what they've been doing for a couple hours. I mean, they're just checking monitors, listening, looking at stuff, like looking at charts. I mean, they are just like all hands on deck getting him settled
1: and he's completely covered head to toe literally head to toe in wires yeah there is a monitor something monitoring his brain there's something monitoring his heart obviously monitoring the rest of his body it was hard to like see harding through all of it right and then obviously there's like the patch that's on his chest and you can still see the heart beating yeah it was which like, was crazy i remember
0: looking at it thinking it was just like a little goldfish under yeah. under a sheet you know yeah. it's like what it looked like and mm-hmm. uh, and again i i did make the mistake of kind of you know you get the advice as a chd parent like don't google don't yeah. google things <laughs> and i googled i didn't take the advice i Googled and i saw a kid in that state Oh man, it just wrecked me, and, and it it's still, it is tough. Yeah, it's
1: still hard for me to see those photos. I mean, I, I I follow a lot of obviously CHD parents on Instagram, and there are a lot of those kind of pictures, and it is triggering for me to like see a picture like that, and it just takes me back to that moment and instantly makes me feel fear. You know, yeah, it's it's, it's tough.
0: So just make sure you guard yourself. You know, it's yeah. like it's like all those things are there to keep them safe and alive and healthy. And you got to just kind of repurpose your mindset there.
1: Yeah. Reframe it. Reframe it. Those, yeah. Those things are all there to keep your baby alive. They're lifelines. And you know,
0: what's crazy is, yeah. you know, I don't know. I think we've talked about the the surgery, the Norwood surgery and how sophisticated and, you know, crazy that we know they're not fixing it. They're not, you know, they are they're re- they're redesigning. Right. They're redesigning the human circul- circulatory system, and as impressive as that is, it's nowhere near as impressive as the human body's ability to accept it. Right. Like you can adjust re- to it. You can yeah. redesign, and it was. I mean, man, it, it, he was in. Uh, he he looked like he was in rough shape when we came in there, and there were a few bumps in the road we'll talk about. But you know, skipping ahead a little bit, it was crazy. That in a week or so, two weeks, he's coming back together and he's looking like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the human body can... Like little babies like that.
1: They're remarkable.
0: Like they can they can be like little rubber balls. That's what they've described it like. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we, we spent so much time with doctors and nurses in that time. And, you know, they talk about it. Like that's why I'm in infant care is because you can...
2: You can, it's inspiring.
0: You can put, you can make an intervention, a surgery, yeah. a, you know, a, a medicine, and you can see a kid go from, like, a complete 180, and mm-hmm. they walk out of there like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. You know, that's such a great thing to be, an inspiring thing to be around, like you said, absolutely. But, yeah, he, he definitely looked like he was in rough shape there.
1: Yeah, we we did find out he got, like, vocal cord paralysis, which is really normal. And that's
0: really common for with, that surgery, uh, the, yeah.
1: the Norwood, you know, they have to kind of move the nerves, to operate. Uh, so he did have a little bit of that. But other than that, I mean, he was recovering well.
0: So yeah, he's recovering well. And uh, yeah, they, they close him up. They start weaning him off the medicines and kind of weaning down the machines mm-hmm. and everything's kind of moving forward. And we get to the point where uh, they're going to extubate him, which means that the breathing tube that they insert for surgery is taken off. And that's taken out and that's because he's on a respirator this whole time as he really recovers from the heavy stages of surgery and this is a really critical time because it's just like blood oxygenation is the blood blood oxygen level is such an important indicator that they're watching right
1: right and they're watching the heart rhythm
0: yeah yeah so like taking away the the breathing tube and and the respirator to have him breathing on his own is just like okay that's the big 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 deal that's a big hump and so i mean we're we're getting there they extubate them, they take it off, and they Im- immediately put like a, the nasal cannula, which is just like the, the, the rubber tube that fits inside the nose, mm-hmm. right? You, like you'd always see babies that, since I had children's, they always stick stickers on their cheeks, and they would cut them into hearts so it always mm-hmm. looks super cute, but just to hold the, the n- nasal cannula in place to pump in pure oxygen just to keep the oxygen level. So they take it out, put that on, watching them, watching him, watching, watching them, dialing it in, and he seems totally stable.
1: Yeah, he seems good. He's, like, so happy. He's, yeah. like, I have a video of him just, like, his eyes are just going everywhere. He just, like, looks like he's so much more alert now that it's out. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And uh, and so at this point, we are just completely spent.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm completely exhausted.
0: Yeah, you think about the we birth. We hadn't been home yet.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we think
0: about the birth, your C-section, pumping around the clock. Yeah. You, you know transferring back and forth from hospitals, getting everyone back in the same hospital, being with Harding for 10 days, and then going through the surgery, and then the days of recovery of just like round the clock,
2: Mm -hmm. you know,
0: trying to make sure that he's getting stabilized, and we're, but then at this point, Harding is stable, right, and so one of the nurses just comes to us and just says, hey, um, you guys have, have been through it, stable we're watching him you know this is not you know this was a, a big deal not something we took lightly but it's just like why don't you guys just you go home it's already it's already like eight or nine o'clock at this point go home take a shower we sit. live
1: 20 minutes from the hospital yeah. so we could do yeah something
0: like that. and then yeah. just like come back first thing in the morning and just like have a shower in and, in and a sleep and, and we wrestled with it you know the guilt or whatever and but we just kind of said you know what we we really could use that mm-hmm. and they are c- caring for him we're not caring for well, him in my any way. sister
1: was coming up to yeah. watch him for a little bit longer for us yeah
0: and so yeah. we we took him up on the deal and we yeah. I remember, I, I remember getting in the car, windows were down because we hadn't had any, we hadn't even been outside yeah. in like weeks.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, you know, it was like, it was June at night. It was just like, it was like 80 degrees and nice. And we were just driving down. I remember we were even on the interstate with the windows down, just air blowing
1: mm-hmm. and, uh, feeling relieved. Yeah,
0: yeah. We're, we're, we're 15 minutes down the road and my phone rings. And yeah. I just want to say real quick, this is a this was a scary moment that we're about to share. Um, It doesn't happen to everyone. It was a unique circumstance for us. Everything worked out, but -hmm. just wanted to give everyone a heads up that this was kind of a scary moment. Um, We just wanted, we just wanted to be honest about our experience and all the parts that happened. But anyway, so my phone rings, I answer it. It's the same nurse from 15 minutes ago who told us to, who didn't tell us, but just said, Hey, I, we would be willing to let you kind of go get some rest. Mm -hmm. And she just said, Harding coded, remember saying those words, Mm -hmm. uh, he went into cardiac arrest. We gave him chest compressions. You need to come back. Yeah. And it was, oh man. It was,
1: yeah, it was, you know, you, you struggle to make that decision to leave your kid to go home and like get some rest and take a shower. You're like, what if something happens? You know, and, and we've worked ourselves through that to be okay with leaving. Right. And then 15 minutes into going home we get a call saying he's not okay and i instantly feel guilt yeah like this is my fault yeah we We did something wrong yeah
0: and it comes back to the controllables right absolutely but it's like but totally we couldn't control that you know it's like Mm -hmm. what we did is we controlled what we could which is like hey we got an opportunity to to take care of ourselves and Mm -hmm. uh but yeah i mean i whipped the car around and you know how you see those cars on the interstate that are like.
1: Beating like crazy, driving
0: on the on the shoulder, and you're just like, oh my gosh! But I don't I don't judge those people anymore. I
1: know we were those people. I mean, I was driving on the
0: shoulders. Mm -hmm. I I ran through red lights and stop signs, and we didn't even park. We drove literally up to the hospital front door, and I ran out and just said, you know, like someone pops out, and we just said, our son coded. We were on upstairs, and they're like, go, you know, car's fine. Sprinted upstairs. We got back upstairs in like. Uh, I know we had a we have a little difference in memory on this one, but mm-hmm. what I remember is first person that we meet is uh a a chaplain,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that was just we we're just like trying to process
1: well, because I mean you've seen it in movies, right like
0: yeah, what do you think so when it, you've hear
1: when you meet a chaplain, it means someone has died. That's what that means, and yeah. so our first reaction is Harding's gone,
0: and that was. Yeah,
1: the nurse didn't even say whether or not he was stable on yeah. the phone. Like we didn't know. We just knew he coded, and we needed to come back.
0: Yeah, that was just like everyone meant well. It's not to yeah. say bad no, of anyone. She didn't do anything. Wrong. But the but the chaplain yeah. knew nothing. Right. She just said we knew. She was like, I heard that there was a situation, so I came to support. And we're like, well, what happened? She's like, I don't know. Is he okay? We, I don't know. I'm sorry. And it's just like, can what, we see him? Can, what's going? I don't like, know. what is yeah. happening? Right? Like, you know. And so, we get back there. And, man, you know, there could, there could not be another human body in that room. I
1: know. We thought there was a lot of people in the room after he got out of surgery. There's probably three times as many people Yeah. in his room at this point. Yeah. We can't see him through the sea of bodies. It's like
0: a crowd of bodies inside of his room. Mm-hmm. And they're all just like, you know, you can't even see the crib. You can't see Harding with all the people in there, the crowd. Right. And then we kind of walk up with a chaplain next to us and one of the doctors,
1: Dr. Burns, who we've had on the podcast. That's
0: right. Real name. Uh, <laughs> but uh, who we've gotten uh, close a, to. Yeah, he's a friend of ours now. But he comes out and he said, yeah, I'm the one that, you know, did the compressions. He tried to explain, he's like, "I, you know, very suddenly there was a change in his rhythm and we don't know what happened. And uh, and I, I remember I could not understand what he was saying. Mm-hmm. He was saying very plain things. I just kept being like, what? what yeah and then so finally i just go is he alive Mm
2: -hmm. that's
0: like what i said i just like just is he alive and he goes yes yeah yeah he's alive he's stable Mm
2: -hmm. and i was like
0: what does that mean Mm -hmm. like what does stable mean you know and he's like uh yeah like he's stable we we you know we gave him chest compressions for i think it was like seven eight minutes or 12 minutes i forget what it was but then at that point you know he's he's stable which we i later learned like he's okay right Mm -hmm. And everything's kind of back to where it needed to be, but then it was we go back to zero. He's mm-hmm. he's intubated, breathing tubes back in. On ice. He's on ice packs to
1: protect his organs.
0: Yeah, from the from the um, the cardiac arrest, and he's in a medically induced coma. Yeah. For three days, he was like that. Mm-hmm. And, man, that was just scary. And then, yeah, the guilt. But, again... We couldn't leave after that. Yeah, just like... But it was
1: a while before we could feel comfortable leaving him. And
0: it's again. hard because you do need to take care of yourself. And yeah. we didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. And, you know, it's like it was just... It would have happened whether we were there or not. We have no control over what was happening in that right. body, right? It's just... And then Dr. Burns, the same Dr. Burns told us, it's like, yeah, there's this, there's ups and downs. And yeah. it's like... And it is two steps forward, one back. Two steps forward, one back. But you're still moving forward. Right. And anyway, so... After that, three days goes by, really, I mean, he's in a, he's literally out, and so there's nothing happening with him. Mm-hmm. Then they kind of wean him off everything, they go to extubate him again, we're like, we're not going anywhere, Yeah. let's, let's do this. Pulled out the breathing tube, and he was fine. Yep. There were no more surprises, and we never got an answer. Yeah, never.
1: as to like, what caused that, we just knew. All we knew is that a tachycardia happened, but we didn't, we don't know what caused that. And that was crazy. Like, what triggered that? And
0: Again, it just brings you back to control. Yeah. Like whatever happened wasn't in our control, and, yeah. we, and it's like we can't prevent it from happening. We can't. We can't do something wrong and make it happen. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things that in the human body and the world, there's uncontrollables. Right. And that was our big lesson there.
1: Yeah. It's it's difficult to relive that day. To, yeah. Um, because it was our first experience with a heart surgery. Yeah. And and putting our child through that and. You know, part of you feels bad that you're putting your child through that because it's feels awful. You know, the things that they're doing to them are saving their life, but you still feel bad about it. But then you also feel hopeful and and grateful that there is something that they can do.
2: You know? Yeah,
0: it's hard to describe. I remember we we're writing the book. This was like the hardest thing to write.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Was like, were we. Like, do we feel, do we feel celebratory after the surgery? Because we knew there was two more coming.
2: Yeah.
0: Right. And we just, when it it was just like that shock of something happening in the midst of it all. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, we didn't feel celebrated, but did it feel good? It like, it did in some way, but it's hard to describe what that good was. It was just, Mm -hmm. it took so long. And then one of my uh, guilty pleasures is BuzzFeed list, you know, links on news apps, (laughs) you know, like I, like top five things you should buy for your bathroom or right. like, you know, just like I, I, I'm, it's clickbait and, and the hook, line and sinker. Right. They got me, <laughs> they got me. I was on one the other day, man, it was, and I'm just such a softy, uh, but like it totally was just like making me like tear up, but it was best advice from moms, mm. best advice my moms that mother ever...
1: day, mother's day is coming soon. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, and so one of them was and in it and, it and I, I read this thing and I was like, that's it. That's exactly the feeling that's, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's so hard to put pictures, like put words to it, but that's the feeling. And it was this, when you go through a really hard day, when you go through a really, really, really bad hardship, you know, there is a sense of accomplishment in the sense that you never have to relive that day again. Right. It's just important to, to t- like, and I think that's what we felt. It's like, we got through that. It was hard, but once we got through it, we don't have to go through the Norwood again. Yeah. yeah, we've got other surgeries and they'll go differently. And they all, every one of them
1: was totally, was different.
0: totally different. Um, After
1: the Norwood, we were, we were in the hospital for a month with Harding.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Surrounding the Norwood. Um, but I think that's what I would tell yeah. a CHD parent going through a Norwood or anticipating a Norwood. is like when it's done, you will look at it and go, it is, it's done. It's behind you and you don't have to do it again. Yeah. Um, and that is somewhat of a comforting Mm -hmm. feeling and I think that's like it is hard to describe because it is hard and you got more stuff coming and you don't know what's coming down the road with chd but there is a there is a unique kind of comfort there
1: yeah yeah as hard as it all is you know and it is extremely difficult like no parent should have to watch their kid go through this right it's traumatic and by traumatic I really do mean Trauma. I think all CHD parents experience some sort of stress or anxiety around these kind of events, um, and it affects them for the rest of their lives. And so, I think if you're about to go into the Norwood with your child, I would just say, I just I want you to feel hopeful. I want you to feel courageous. You know, what you're about to do is is really hard. What your child's about to do is really hard. But you can experience joy even in the midst of it, and once you do it, you'll never have to relive that again. You'll never have to go through the Norwood again. Yes, you'll have more surgeries. Yes, there'll be more things concerning CHD, but it will never be specifically the Norwood experience ever again. Your experience is going to be unique to you. It's not going to be like ours. It's not going to be like anybody else's, and there are things that you can control in the midst of that experience, specifically things to do with you. And then you have to surrender the things you can't control. Um, because if you don't, it's, it, it just makes things harder.
0: Yeah. So there's going to be more of these, you know, we've got the interstage period, Mm -hmm. uh, between surgeries. We've got the Glenn procedure and the Fontan Mm -hmm. down the road. And, um, and then we'll probably talk about what our life is like now Mm -hmm. with a, with a eight-year-old kid with CHD who, is trying to be bitten by radioactive spiders all the time. <laughs> you know, anytime he does anything risky, I'm just like, do you know what we went through to, get, to make you alive right now?
1: You are a multi million dollar <laughs> investment. That's right. Man,
0: <laughs> you got a, there's an ROI factor here, buddy. You need to make sure. Uh, no, but uh, he's great. So we'll tell more of that story as we go through, but just know that no two CHDs are alike. No two chd experiences are alike, but mm-hmm. we hope that you can relate to pieces of this parts of it we hope that it can be generating some hope and courage for you if mm-hmm. you're anticipating going through this if you're currently going through it or if you have in the past mm-hmm. um i think it's just always good you know for us we just wanted to what is it what what are kids like you have this what mm-hmm. what was the you know. There's so much uncertainty there, and I love just being able to at least shed a little bit of light in one story and how it went for us.
1: And I just want to point you guys to a free resource we have on our website. We have a list of the things you should bring with you to the hospital. So if you haven't checked that out yet, make sure you go check it out. It's on our CHD Parent Resources page, again, at tomacathanson.com. That's our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening. In addition to this podcast, we have lots of other resources to help support, encourage, and equip CHD parents. These can all be found at tomacathanson.com.
0: The one we are most excited about is our book. Yes, we have written a book. It's called Hope and Courage Real Life Lessons from the Parents of a Child with Congenital Heart Disease. It's a must read for CHD parents because it gives you a story that only you can relate to and valuable insights you need to live a happy and fulfilling life. It's almost ready, and you can sign up now on our website to join our mailing list to be the first notified when it's ready to be purchased. While you wait, we'll go ahead and send you a free resource, Top 10 Tips for CHD Parents, which you will love.
1: You can follow us at Tom and Kat Hansen on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, please rate, follow, and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you listen to it on. It really helps this project grow. With that, we'll talk to you next time.